Hey everyone, it's Jamie and Pat. We're doing another Devo today. And Pat, where are we at? We are in Deuteronomy chapter 34. Whenever I look this up online, I, I don't know how to spell Deuteronomy. It's all N's and M's and O's and I just write Deut. 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 And Google knows. Google, that works. Everyone must do it because Google knows. Google knows way too much. <laughs> it's starting to creep me out. Yeah. I should have been creeped out like 10 years ago, but it's just now hitting me. You know, there someone is sitting in a cubicle right now in Northern California analyzing what you just said because your phone heard you say it. <laughs> They're like, how, how can we be less creepy to this guy? You're going you're gonna to get That's like right. a card from Google. Anyway, let's move on. Uh, Deuteronomy 34. We're going to read the whole thing, the whole chapter. This is one of those divas where at the end you get to say, hey, I read a chapter of a book today. Ba-boom. Hooray. I'll read it. Starts off like this. Oh, don't I get to read it? You get to read it? Oh, you, okay, go ahead. You get to read it. I know you've been doing too much reading, Pat. Yeah, Let you, me do this. I'll, 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 I got yeah, this. There one. are so many like crazy names in this one. So yeah, <laughs> go, oh. go ahead. Oh well, <laughs> nice. Okay. I'll do nice. my best. <laughs> then Moses climbed Mount Nebo from the plains of Moab to the top of Pishkah, across from Jericho. There, the Lord showed him the whole land from Gilead to Dan, all of Naphtali, the territory of Ephraim and Manasseh all the land of Judah, as far as the Mediterranean Sea, the Negev, and the whole region from the Valley of Jericho, the city of Palms, as far as Zoar. Then the Lord said to him, this is the land I promised on oath to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, when I said, I will give it to your descendants. I have let you see it with your eyes, but you will not cross over into it. And Moses, the servant of the Lord, died there in Moab, as the Lord had said. He buried him in Moab, in the valley opposite Beth Peor. But to this day, no one knows where his grave is. Moses was 120 years old when he died, yet his eyes were not weak, nor his strength gone. The Israelites grieved for Moses in the plains of Moab 30 days, until the time of weeping and mourning was over. Now Joshua son of Nun, was filled with the spirit of wisdom because Moses had laid his hands on him. So the Israelites listened to him and did what the Lord had commanded Moses. Since then, no prophet has risen in Israel like Moses, whom the Lord knew face to face, who did all those signs and wonders the Lord sent him to do in Egypt, to Pharaoh and to all his officials and to his whole land. For no one has ever shown the mighty power or performed the awesome deeds that Moses did in the sight of all Israel, the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. What a like somber moment. Very somber moment, right? I mean, this is like a really somber moment for the people of Israel. Um, a somber moment, I, I guess, for Moses. Maybe it, was a som- maybe it was a somber moment for God who's dealing with Moses in this time. Yeah. Um, now, here's what's crazy. Like just a little context here. You have God uh, and God calling Abraham years and years before. God calls Abraham out of Ur, which is like Babylon. Think of like being more in the east uh, from where they are now. And Abraham kind of wanders around a bit and ends up being in, uh, you know, this this land, but um, has descendants, ends up, however, 
a lot of wandering, not any permanent kind of home situation. And then they end, they end up having to sell themselves into slavery. Hmm. Now, we have Abraham, then there's Isaac, then there's Jacob. Jacob is named um, Israel, and he has these sons. And the sons are the ones who end up selling the youngest. Remember Joseph in the fancy coat, right? Yeah. Um, Joseph gets sold or into slavery. He ends up becoming the prince of Egypt, as the Disney movie has taught us. Um and we find out later on that um, they thought he was dead, but he's alive. And a giant famine comes over the land. And basically everyone who is uh, from God's chosen people, they're now um, slaves in Egypt. They've sold themselves into slavery, which ended up being the reason they survived. Hmm. Moses comes on the scene and remember, Moses started out as a king or a prince of Egypt, um, which is a pretty fantastic thing for him. Um, he starts out as a prince of Egypt, but later realizes that he's really from God's chosen people. And when he finds out he's from God's chosen people, uh, things get a little crazy. He ends up in the desert and then he comes back because he sees a burning bush, right? So there's a lot going on here when we think about who Moses was and what he did. But he gets the people to go out of the promised land and are out of the um, slavery in Egypt to the promised land. Mm -hmm. However, they wander in the desert for 40 years. And now, finally, after 120 years of Moses being alive, he gets and for, for this time, he knows that God has a big plan for him. Um, and for the last 40 of those years, he's been wandering in the desert, leading these people who the Bible describes as a stiff necked people, meaning they're stubborn. <laughs> and so he takes those stiff necked people. He leads them through the desert. He finally gets to the edge of it. And God's like, oh yeah, here's all this land. You know, here's all this land. It's beautiful. It's, you know, they describe it as a land flowing with milk and honey. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, you can't go. <laughs> right. <gasps> what? Bummer. <laughs> I mean, right. yeah, after walking around in the, in the desert for years, that's that's a bummer. That, that sounds well, brutal. And this is a pretty <laughs> long journey. You know, God's chosen people have been waiting for hundreds of years for this chosen land to be a part of it. Uh, and now it's kind of like Moses has been this immense prophet for them. Yeah. You know, the one who brings the Ten Commandments down, the one who... Uh, who begins the Passover? You know there there are a lot of feasts in the in the faith, um, the Jewish faith today that are still uh, um, practiced. Yeah, and those are all have their beginnings, um, or at least when they're first kind of written down here. It's these first five books of the Bible which are traditionally ascribed uh, or attributed to Moses, right? So yeah. Moses is this giant of faith. Yeah, And um, he is at the point now where his life is almost over. And well, his life is over at the end of this book, right? Yeah. And he doesn't get to go into the promised land. He gets to see it with his own eyes. He gets to see it with his own eyes. Yeah. That's the gift that he gets. Yeah. And, you know, there are so many people on the planet right now that can relate to Moses in some way. I'm thinking about anyone who is like a scientist working on some crazy cure for cancer or cure for anything. Or there's like a lot of people that are kind of like that, that probably might not see 
the, the fruits of what they've been working for or have maybe even dedicated their life to. You're absolutely right. Yeah. There's so many people who work towards these big, giant, greater causes, and they realize they're not the beginning and end of the cause. Yeah. Uh, they're just a part of it. Right. And even like you and me, you and me as youth workers, you know, we might have one conversation with a student that, that 10 years down the line, they'll remember and it'll change their life. And we, we might never know. I don't know. I, th- I think that that is a pretty relatable position for a lot of people. Yeah, I think it is. I think a lot of people, when we look at it, you know, you play what they would call the long game. Yeah. Uh, this is, you know, something that's going to take a long time. Uh, in the Bible, I think of other characters who've had the same situation, right? You have, I mean, you beginning in the beginning with, uh, with Abraham who wanted to see um, God get him into the promised land and to see uh, his descendants as numerous in the, as the stars in the sky. He didn't get to see that. You know, he didn't get the, the chance. Moses actually did get to see something, right? That is a good point. Yeah. Um, you have King David. King David wanted to build a temple to the Lord. And God said, no, right. You don't get to build the temple, but your son will, but you don't get to do it. It's for, it's for the next generation. And so this next little part, uh, is, is super interesting. It, it seems like it was added in extremely after the fact verses five through eight, uh, talking oh, yeah, about yeah. where Moses, uh, died and where he was buried and no one really knows where it is and how old he was. It's like some interesting information and the Israelites grieving, uh, for 30 days. It seems like it was added, uh, incredibly after the fact. And in fact, yeah. And, and this started this whole, not this passage specifically, but traditionally in, in tradition, Moses wrote this book. Yeah. Now, how do you write about your own death? Yeah. Right. And where you were buried, right? How do you do that? Well, that'd be pretty hard to do. So the thought is, okay, well, then someone must have written it or someone must have added to it. Uh, How do we figure that out? And so there's this whole field of study that kind of went into this study of the first five books traditionally of of the Old Testament and where they came from and who wrote them and how do we know who wrote them and what does it look like? And it got really complex. And I would even say maybe convoluted at times where it didn't take into account any of the tradition and it didn't take into account any of, um, uh, it didn't have any faith in the books themselves, if that makes sense, if that made sense. Hmm. Uh, It was more based on language. Um, And there's some brilliant people who did a lot of work with it, but at the end of the day, all it said is, oh, we think this part was written by someone else in this other time. Why? Well... There's some evidence for it, but we don't really have any any real, like, in my opinion, hard evidence for it. It was more of playing, like, guesswork. Yeah. Um, but when you read the Bible, it's helpful to bring your mind into it, not sh- turn your mind off, right? Yeah. So, like, here's another example. Um, there's a verse in the Bible where Moses supposedly wrote, now Moses was the most humble man who ever lived. Now, that's <laughs> a weird thing to write about yourself if you're the most <laughs> humble man who ever lived. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That's a, that doesn't work out. <laughs> like, how does that work out, right? Uh, and so people have said, oh, look at that verse. That must, 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 must have been written by someone else or written at a different time, or maybe Moses had a scribe, or maybe Moses had someone helping him who added that part. We don't really know. Yeah, that's a weird thing to write if that's true (laughs) about yourself. Uh, And so afterwards, it it goes on to say, 
Uh, just some more information. Joshua, son of Nun, was filled with the spirit of wisdom because Moses had laid his hands on him. So the Israelites yeah. listened to him and did what the Lord had commanded Moses. So now Joshua uh, has some pretty big shoes to fill. Really big shoes to fill. Yeah. But In fact, the shoes that are trying to be filled, it's almost saying like, this is more than than anyone could, you know, have to ever expect to fill. Right. Right. Yeah. This is almost too much. But you look at the person of Joshua, um, the first chapter of the book of Joshua, uh, there's this repeated phrase and it's, it's telling Joshua to be strong and courageous. Yeah. Um, cause God's calling him into this, this time of conquest where they're going to go into this promised land and kick out all of the people that live there who don't, um, kind of turn away the ones who put up a fight and they go in and they have to wipe everyone out. And it's this giant battle, you know, yeah. the song when I was a kid was Joshua fought the battle of Jericho because that was kind of what Joshua's life was about. It was about fighting this battle and conquest, which is different than Moses, but he's led by the spirit of wisdom from God. Yeah. Yeah. And he, and it even goes on to say that, uh, no prophet has risen in Israel like Moses, whom the Lord knew face to face. Yes. You know, the, the fact that Moses had that, that face to face, uh, relationship is just, mm -hmm. uh, it, it is, it would have been, that would, it's what, if I was the next leader, I would have leaned into that saying, you know, that's such a unique relationship. I'm never going to be quite to that level, but that doesn't mean that what I'm going to do is like insignificant. Right. Right. Like it's like a driving force to go forward, but also uh, a comforting knowing that like, that's like so unique. It's uh, it's pretty amazing too, that God would have such a special relationship with someone that he would have that, you know, knowing God face to face. You know, even when Moses came down the mountain from being with God, uh, it said his face was shining. Yeah. Like it was too bright that people couldn't even like look at him. Right. So, um, that's kind of a cool image that you, you being so close to God that you physically, your face is shining. And I don't know, Pat, if you've ever been around someone who was really close to God, who had a really good, um, connection with the Lord and they just seem to have like a glow about them. It's almost like there's something about them. Yeah. Um, that's different. And so, you know, I, I love the idea of, of Moses having someone to hand this ministry down to. It's quite the story that we will pick up next week. Cause we are going to go through the next few weeks. We'll be in Joshua, but I, you know, I want to just focus on verse 12, which is the last one for no one has ever shown the mighty power or performed the awesome deeds that Moses did in the sight of all Israel. Uh, yep. like, like we've said, he, uh, was a big legacy and he did. Yeah a lot, a lot of things. And just the author of this last little chunk, uh, prob probably wrote that just to have it written and probably doesn't do it, do that statement any justice, you know, right. It's so much more than just awesome deeds. Uh, lots of like mighty powerful things. Uh, that's probably just 
a placeholder for something that you can't use words to describe. It's, it's amazing of all that God did through Moses. Um, you know, you think about the, the, the red or the reed sea that was parted. Uh, you think about, you know, all the firstborn children of, um, God's people being saved and all the firstborn children of the people of Egypt, uh, being taken by the angel of death. Um, you know, they're, they're, there are these terrifying, crazy, amazing wonders that are happening. And Moses was at the center of all of them because Moses was the one called by God uh, to speak to Pharaoh and to lead God's people. Uh, it's a pretty incredible thing. If we fast forward to the time of Jesus, we see that Jesus did some miracles, right? Mm -hmm. Thousands of people being fed, um, people who are blind being able to see. Um, and we see that the miracles that Jesus did are, are amazing. Uh, and they're being done in the sight of Israel, maybe not all Israel, but pretty close at that time. Um, and that's happening. And there's something that Jesus does. He raises people from the dead. Yeah. And that's something that is an amazing thing. That's something that I, Moses, I don't think... There were any miracles that Moses did in his life that had people who were dead who would come back to life. There were people who were saved, spared from dying, but I don't think there's anyone who actually died and came back to life again. Although maybe someone out there has heard of a story that I'm, I'm forgetting. Feel free to write in and let us know. But there is something unique about Jesus who brings people back from the dead and who even brings himself back from the dead. Well, I mean, what, what that goes to show is that, that God is timeless, right? God was present in the time of Moses. God was here in person uh, as Jesus doing miracles that were still just as mighty and powerful and awesome deeds as what Moses did. And God is still at work today in all of our lives. And so that's the, that's the connecting string. You know, we, we went back like way back, the old, old stories, old Testament, old, old God and uh, God is still as relevant and as powerful today so there we, there we go that's that thanks for tuning in <laughs> alright looking forward to seeing everyone next round <laughs> bye <laughs>